you have your Bible tonight, turn to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to be starting in verse 34. It's Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the le- one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Now, before I go any further, I want to read a scripture back to you today that we read this morning. It's Isaiah 61 and 1. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now, I don't know about you, but the people that are mentioned in that verse 1 of Isaiah 61 sound like those that are considered the least of these. It's those people that uh, are not at the top of their game, so to speak. Uh, They may have had hard times. Things have come against them, but they're, they're kind of at their wit's end. And those are the people that I want to talk to you about tonight. I titled the message, Ministering to the Least of These. <clears throat> I believe that that's what God has called us to do right now. I believe it's our responsibility, because of that calling, to minister to the least of these. Now, do you know anybody like this? You know, you probably see people all around you all the time that would fit these categories, that fall into the the place of being kind of a down and out. Those are the people that God has laid on my heart, the people that uh, a lot of quote-unquote church people might put aside or kind of shun, uh, because it's not convenient, uh, because they don't look right, because they don't dress right, because they don't have the right kind of smell about them, or because they don't have any money. It's real easy for us to get uh, all pious and, and religious and start to think highly of ourselves because uh, we have been brought into this marvelous light as a Christian. And we start to forget about those that yet haven't received that salvation. Those kind of people that Jesus talked about as being the least of these are the ones that He said we need to be ministering to. It's the ones that He was sent to minister to. Now, I don't know if y'all have read very much about Jesus, 
But the Jesus I read about was sent to those that didn't have much. He wasn't sent in a form of of wealth. He wasn't sent to those that were kings and and had everything they could desire. He was sent to those that didn't have anything. He even himself, while he was on this earth, had nothing. He didn't even have a house. He didn't have a place to lay his head unless somebody provided it with him for that day. Now, when I look at these kind of people, I begin to think about why is it that we are to be the ones to minister to them. And God showed me that the reason why we're called to minister to them as Christians is because we have one thing they don't have. We have hope. We have a reason for hope. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture real quick. You can read it later on if you want to. It's First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And do people ever look at you and wonder... Why you have hope? Do people look at you and see hope? You know, a lot of times we uh, don't display that hope the way we should. Sometimes we want to try to lay low, hoping that nobody's going to ask us. Now that, I can can say this because I've done it, that is a, a terrible attitude to have. When, when you are living a life that is full of hope because of what you have in Jesus, but you don't want to show anybody else because you're afraid you might have to explain yourself, that's, that's a bad place to be, ain't it? Like I said this morning, that's selfishness. You don't even want to share what you have with somebody else. You know, that Scripture tells us to be ready. A lot of us are afraid that somebody's going to ask us about Jesus. And then we're going to have to come up with some words to say. Well, that scripture says, be ready. That that means you better make a deliberate effort ahead of time. Before anybody ever asks you a question. You need to be prepared with what you're going to say about Jesus. Now, I can tell you all right now, there's been many times in my life when I wasn't prepared. And people have asked. And that's not a good feeling. That's not a good place to be because you know there's a reason why you're saved, but you can't think of a single word to tell them about why this is what they need. You know, I've had people ask me before, well, why is it so great to be a Christian? Why, why should I want to go to church? And I didn't have anything to tell them. That scripture tells us to be ready. To to be deliberate about what we know as far as being a Christian. To be sure that we are ready to give somebody an answer when they ask. You know, I don't want to be the one that when somebody asks, and I can't tell them 
But then some worldly person comes along and gives them a reason for some other thing they can hope in that ain't going to provide them anything but eternal uh, eternal punishment. There's plenty of, of other solutions this world has to offer. But I know, I know that my Word tells me that there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. You know, there's many things that people might be led astray. They, they would seek... Everybody is looking for something. They're looking to fill that void that's in their heart. And they'll throw everything they can into it. But we've got to be ready to minister to these people. These people that don't have anywhere else to turn. They're going to turn to whatever they can find. When they turn to me, I want to make sure I have something to tell them. Make sure I have something that will give them hope in Jesus as their Savior. Turn over to Matthew chapter 19. Verse 13. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer, little children, and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times things that are mentioned in the Word have many meaning, meanings. And these little children that came to Jesus, you know, it's not just talking about little kids that are of a certain age. It's also talking about baby Christians. I don't know if y'all have ever dealt with somebody that is a baby Christian. But they're just like kids. When when my kids start to ask me questions, it, it seems like I'll answer a question and then they immediately have another question. And it just goes on and on and on. And at some point, I'll say, look, that is enough questions. I'm tired of answering your questions, okay? Let's just take a break for a while. But a baby Christian is the same way. They, they're they just trying to get a handle on what this thing is that they now have part of. But I've seen people rebuke those baby Christians and, and tell them, look... Just just take it for what it is. Quit asking all these questions. Don't worry about this or that. Don't bother whoever it is and, and asking them to pray for you all the time. Don't worry about those kind of things. But, you know, Jesus said, that, no, don't suffer those little children to come unto me. This is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. He told us in another place that if we have faith like a little child, or that we should have faith like a little child, not not wondering about how we're going to figure all this out, but just believe. It's <clears throat> These little children, these baby Christians, fall into that category of the least of these. <clears throat> That's who we need to be ministering to. <clears throat> you know, I ain't worried about these people that 
have been saved most of their life and are on their way to heaven. I'm not concerned about them anymore. I'm not saying we shouldn't care for those people. But I'm saying my concern is those that haven't been saved. Those that maybe have been saved, but they just don't know where to go. They don't know how to continue on in their walk with Jesus. They're still young. You know, Jesus gave us a a parable about the sower. And He talked about this seed that was cast out on the ground. And because it didn't have any... It wasn't in the ground. It, It didn't have any sort of protection. It just sprang up quickly. And the sun killed it. Because it didn't have any sort of foundation. It didn't have anything to root in. It was on hard, stony ground. You know, if we're not careful as a church, we'll raise up baby Christians that don't have any foundation. If we're not careful to minister to their needs, we'll raise up little baby Christians that are are full of life to start with, but a few weeks later they just burn out because they don't have any kind of foundation. They don't have anybody tending to them. You know, when you plant a garden, and I'm not no gardener by any means, but when you plant a garden, you have to tend to that garden. You can't just go plant it and walk off and leave it. You've got to tend to it. We need to be like that. We need to make sure that we're tending to our children, make sure we're tending to those baby Christians, those that need our help, those that are looking to us for answers. We need to make sure we're not putting them off. We need to make sure we're fertilizing. Make sure we're watering. Make sure we're keeping the weeds out. You know, you would think the church would be a safe environment. Let me tell you something. We can be just as fleshly as anybody else. You know, we may be a Christian. We may be trying to walk in the Spirit. But there's always times that we allow that stuff to take place in our life that shouldn't be taking place. And we may just jump all over somebody one day for no reason. And that's the worst thing we could do to that person at that time. We've got to be diligent about being sure that we're being the example we need to be. We need to be sure that we're attending to those baby Christians and those those that are not in the church, those that are outside. You know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly how we're going to go about this. But we need to always deal with these people with meekness. You know, this that Scripture in Peter we read said, with meekness and fear. Is how you should be given that answer. Now, why why do you think he said fear? You know, a lot of times fear is is also thought of in terms of respect, but I don't think that's what he meant there. I think what he's telling you is when you go to give somebody an answer for that hope that lies within you, you better make sure you're doing it, not boastfully, you do it in meekness, and you do better do it in fear. Because if you tell them something that ain't right, 
you you go to start telling these people something that don't line up with the Word of God. That blood may be on your hands. You better be careful. <clears throat> you better be sure that when you go to give somebody an answer, that you're telling them something that's right. Now, I'm not trying to scare y'all off from witnessing anybody or to tell you that <clears throat> you shouldn't be telling somebody something, but I'm just saying make sure what you tell them is right. Make sure it lines up with what the Word of God says. <clears throat> but you know, another part of that is not just knowing the Word. We talked this morning about being led by the Spirit. You know, there's been times I've had opportunity, as far as the world would see it, to speak to somebody. And for the life of me, I couldn't get anything in my head that I ought to say based on what the Spirit was leading me to say. So I just kept my mouth shut. And you know, that was the very thing they needed, was just somebody to listen and not not tell them how they're doing, or how, how all the things they're doing is wrong, and how they ought to be doing things like this. Sometimes the Spirit will lead you by not moving. Sometimes the Spirit will lead and guide you by not moving. And we've got to be sensitive to what the Spirit is trying to do. If you're if somebody's talking to you and you sense there may be an opportunity for me to say something, but <clears throat> nothing really comes to mind right away, you might want to just be quiet for a little bit and wait. Now that don't mean there won't be later on another opportunity, but sometimes you need to just wait. I think we need to be on the lookout <clears throat> for those that, according to the Word of God here, would be considered the least of these. You know, we encounter people like this every day. And this ain't just people that are poor and don't have any money. You know, I know some people at work that I would probably consider the least of these. And these people make just, just as much money as I do. But when you start talking about spirituality, they, they might as well be homeless. They, they don't have any, any idea about where they need to be going spiritually. They're lost. They're, they're down and out, so to speak, like I said earlier. We need to be looking for those kind of people. You know, these people are looking for something. I heard somebody describe it one time, and I think I've told you this before, that everybody has a God-sized and God-shaped hole in their heart. And you can throw everything you can think of into it. And if it ain't the right size and shape, it ain't going to fill that hole up. But when you put God in there, it'll fill it. But these people don't understand that. Because they're, because they're not on the other side yet, they don't understand that. They'll throw everything they can think of into it. Drugs, alcohol, any kind of sexual sin you can imagine. They'll throw anything they can that this world has to offer. 
because they just want that hole filled up. They want that void that's in them to be full so they can feel complete. It's up to us. Now, you know, this is not a... This isn't something to take lightly. You know, the Great Commission is not something to take lightly, and I've taken it lightly for far too long. God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, that all the world just so happens to also include Canard, Texas. It just so happens to include your next door neighbors and and those people that you've known for a hundred years that you hadn't really thought much about lately because they're just they're so close. You don't think about them anymore. We've got to be ministering to the least of these. Those that have nowhere else to turn. Y'all stand with me. Father, I come to you tonight. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the not so subtle reminder, Lord, that we need to be about your business. Or we get so busy, we get, sometimes we're not as busy as we think we are, but we get busy-minded, Lord. We get in this attitude that everything is just in such a hurry and everything's going on. We don't have time to think about what it is you want us to do. We stop thinking about those that are around us and how our lives are impacting theirs. But Lord, we have got to be about your business. We've got to be ministering to those people. Otherwise, they'll be sent to eternal punishment and it'll be our fault. Lord, I don't want those people's blood on my hands. And I ask that you help us not only to be a good witness for you, Lord, but help us to remember to be looking for those people. Help us to have the words to say when the time comes. Lord, I ask all this in your Son's name. I ask that you go with us and keep us safe and protect us. And, and Lord, just strengthen us and renew us. Renew that fire that's in us, Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.